Happy Sabbath. Before starting my sermon, <coughs> uh, even though uh, it has been announced for weeks, I like to emphasize once more uh, for the, the first, the first church officers retreat. Uh, yeah, this is this is the first uh, throughout the history of our church, San Diego Center. <clears throat> starting uh, at 3 p.m. at the church. So I would like to encourage you uh, to, to come and join um, whoever, whoever are interested in or uh, participate in any ministry on, as well as the other elders and the, the deacon and deaconesses. So I hope I can see you at the chapel at 3 p.m. this afternoon. Thank you. <clears throat> All right, what is your uh, prayer <clears throat> for this year? What is your prayer for, um, for your children for this year? What do you want Jesus to do for you and for your children? There are two interesting um, prayers found in Matthew chapter 20. As Fiona read the, the verses, the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with, with her sons. And kneeling down, and she asked the favor of uh, Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. And she said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left when you become the king of Jews. Then after that request, then Jesus got another request from two blind people. They shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and called them the blind, two blind men, what do you want me to do for you? The same, uh, same um, question given to them. They told Jesus, Lord, we want our sight. We want to see you. This request occurred in the town of Jericho near Jerusalem. One prayer was raised by, from the mother of James and, James and John. She asked the favor of Jesus, who she believed will be the king of Israel soon. She didn't care how embarrassing it was. She must, she must be a tiger mom or helicopter mom in modern concept. In the very next thing, another prayer was raised up to Jesus Christ from the two blind people, which sounded quite different from the previous request, but Jesus um, re responded in the same manner. What do you want me to do for you? We see the interesting parallels by connecting these two requests. There are two sons, blind, born blind spiritually, Right? 
And there are two young men born blind physically and two contrasting requests, prayers. It will be valuable for us to meditate the two prayers connecting together since they are important. There are important metaphor and connotation in, within the scene. If the Lord asks <clears throat> ask you today, what do you want me to do for you and for your children? What would you say? If God, if God interviewed you like I did, you know, it's kind of <laughs> torture. <laughs> Happy torture. He, he asked you, if he asked you, what do you want me to do for you and for your children? What would, what, what, what would you say? What would you answer? If you don't have any answer ready in your mind, think about it now. What kind of life are you expecting this year? What kind of life do you want your children to live in their future lives? Are you dreaming <clears throat> of their lives which can never come without God? Yes. But then are you also dreaming of their lives with success and without troubles? To the point that they may not need God because their lives are without lack of anything. No? Then do you want Jesus to make their lives well and easy, only enough not to have to follow his way to the cross? Why did Bible, I wonder why did Bible link the mother's prayer with the prayer of two blind men? Here is the bottom line of the lesson. Our Lord wants us as parents to pray for our children so that their eyes can open and see Jesus and then and they can follow him, Jesus, as soon as their eyes open, like the two blind men did. In the Bible, healthy eyes were significantly considered. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus in Matthew, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But your eyes, your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. How good is your vision? How good is your eyesight? 2020, right? We are in 2020. It is known that, uh, it is known that the Mongolian nomad is, that their vision, their vision is three times better than regular human vision. Did you know that? And more than that, the Moken, the Thailand sea, mat, sea nomads, they have five times better vision than us. It's amazing. 
these tribes can see with total clarity while looking to the sky or beneath the wave of the ocean uh, as eagles and dolphins do. Unlike us, we suffer from a smartphone, smartphone thumb twitching, but they, but for them it is possible because they have always been far away to the wilderness and into the, into the sea since they have been born. So what does having healthy eyes mean? It means your eyes are in focus. I started uh, reading, <clears throat> wearing reading glasses a few years ago. Can you guess how many reading glasses I have now? Yeah, I put <laughs> yeah, plenty of, even I, I have in my pocket and in my car, in my room, and in, in the living room, and in my office, wherever. <laughs> Very inconvenient. The closer, the smaller the letter, they are more out of, out of focus. Without the reading glasses, all blurry. Healthy eyes means the eyes are well focused. We have two eyes, right? However, when we try to see two objects in distance at the same time, it is possible? Not possible, right? One eye look at this object, the other eye look at this object. This is not possible. We cannot see them well because we lose our focus. Simple but important lesson here, trying to see the word and the heaven at the same time. And God and mammon at the same time. We're going to lose our focus. As you know, mammon, mammon is, <clears throat> is, a, is the concept of money that became a god. This is why it makes sense etymologically that bad eyes means eyes are busy, the busy eyes in Greek. You know, when I was um, a middle school student, uh, a friend of mine <clears throat> successfully got me into a, a speed reading training classes. So I took the classes for, uh, for a month. And I, but after a month, I quit, even though I was the best at the class. I'm, I, I'm not proud of it. You know, do you know how we were trained to have a good, good eyes for the speed reading? Uh, before, before, the, uh, before entering the actual, um, the training, reading, speed, speed reading training, we had a drill every day. Just you put the two thumbs up, right? We done at the, at the width and the height of your shoulder. And then you move your eye, uh, your um, the pupils, right? Your pupils to left and right evenly and alternating between the thumbs as fast as possible, like this. You see my pupil is moving like this? 
how fast you can do it. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> I trained this for a month. You know, it's, it made my eyes extremely busy, extremely busy. How about your eyes today? Aren't our eyes busy? Your eyes busy? How busy your eyes are? Trying to focus between the word and heaven. Are we too busy to look to both mammon and God, seeking the worldly glory, worldly glory and the heavenly glory at the same time? Then you are losing your focus, which means you end up losing both after all. On the other end, if you are faithful and focus on only God and heaven, our almighty God, our God will amplify your focusing energy and make it explode. When the energy is concentrated and integrated intensively, explosion comes next. For an example, I know you, you, you have experienced already. If you gather the sunbeam and focus the energy through a magnifying glass, the concentrated energy can burn paper. When we focus, when we focus on God, he will make us have the energy to change the simple word. We call this spiritually the concentrated energy, the explosive power of the Holy Spirit, dunamis in Greek. I mentioned earlier the importance of having good eyes is well understood in the Bible. It said that one of the decisive mirror, the, the signs of the, of the Messiah, Messiah's coming was the opening of the blind. In the Old Testament, there were numerous miracles like um, healing of the lepers and uh, resurrecting the dead, but there was no single miracle uh, to open the blind eyes. In the book of John chapter 9, it says, since the word began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? It never happened before Jesus came. So this would happen when Jesus, the Messiah, came as it was stated in chapter Luke, uh, the Luke chapter 4, the recovery of sight for the blind was one of the Messiah's mission. So Jesus came to this world to open the blind. Now a question came up. Who are the blind? Who are the blind? I can, I can say <clears throat> the brief picture of how Jesus' life on earth for three, 33 years, right? He, he lived here in, 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 in the world. The 33, year, 33 and a half years of Jesus' life on earth consist of four parts. The first, the 30 years, for 30 years, his birth and adolescence period. And after the second, the first three years of his public ministry in Galilee, 
and the third, just for six month journey from the northmost Caesarea, Philippine to Jerusalem. It took six months. That's the third part. And the last part is just a few weeks in Jerusalem with dying on the cross and the resurrection. She, he was supposed to, to go through. Let us, let us focus on the, the third part. The journey, on the journey from the Caesarea, Philippi to, to Jerusalem, Jesus told his disciples three times about the suffering on the cross and the resurrection that he, he, he would go through. He asked his disciples to follow the road to the cross he was heading to. The journey from Caesarea Philippi to Jerusalem began with an event of opening the eyes of a blind man. And the, and the journey ended with an event of opening the eyes of two blind people. What a coincidence, what an analogy. The first event was for the blind man in Bethsaida, who was healed after getting two ordination from Jesus. This is not normal. You know, it would be, it would have been enough for Jesus to say, be open. But, but Jesus physically spit on his eyes and put his hands on him twice. After the first ordination, he was able to see, but people looked like Trees walking around, walking around tree in his eyes, still blurry. Even, at, even though Jesus says, be open and put his hand on him, but still blurry. It represents how seriously the disciples were blind spiritually. Even after the, the disciples followed Jesus for three years, they could, clear, they could not clearly see who Jesus was. Jesus looked like a walking tree to them as well. They only recognized Jesus as a being with great power. While following Jesus, who was on the journey to the cross, the way of total self-denial. They could not see Jesus as clear as they should have. Therefore, Jesus performed another miracle of opening the blind eyes just before entering Jerusalem. Remember the question he asked to the mother of James and John? What do you want me to do for you? The exactly same question was given to the two blind men, however, Different, totally different answer came out of their mouth. Lord, we want our sight. We want to see you. What do you think? You will need to, to, to manage your life if you are blind. What do you need? most likely a cane, right? 
with, um, with a chip or some sensors which provides vibrations and alert sound or a well-trained guide dog or sunglasses with high-tech chips, right? Providing, sensing some um, object ahead and send signal. Most likely you will want more than that to maintain a better life as a blind. Are we going to need, but, but think about this way, are we going to need those, any of those when we become not blind? What do you think? Everything absolutely needed in blind days would not be needed anymore from the moment our eyes open. When you need more when you are completely blind, but you begin to see you will need less. One of my friend's father, who is a retired pastor, <clears throat> is blind. He, he became blind after he got married. <clears throat> but he was able to distinguish uh, the, uh, the shape of an object, like a blurry, blurry shadow. You can, can you imagine that? Yeah, just some, just black and white but something is moving, that, that's, how, that's how he recognized, distinguished. So he, can, he could travel uh, using public transportation and, and travel from church to church to preach about God uh, he met after he, 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 he became blind. Of course, there were times he bumped into things and fell down but he made trip without any other help but cane. Because he was able to see faintly. That means the more we need in our lives, it means the less we see. If you do not see Jesus clearly, then you will feel like we need more. You will want to go higher. You will seek for more wealth. You will pursue worldly success. You will be eager for the glory of the world. You think you need more without knowing that you are blind. When you don't have your eyes open, you will need a countless things and live by them. But when, you, when your eyes open and see Jesus, you will need, you will follow Jesus only and live by with his, his words. You would not need the tremendous things you needed to maintain the life you had when you were blind. When Jesus, you, when Jesus opened the eyes of two blind men, the blind man in Jericho, they saw Jesus and immediately they followed Jesus who was heading to the cross. One morning, Gehazi, <clears throat> the servant of Elijah, so that uh, the army riding horses and chariots had surrounded the city of Dothan to kill the prophet Elijah. He shouted, oh no, 
my Lord, what shall we do? Elijah told him, don't be afraid. Those who were with us are, are more than those who were with them. And Elijah prayed, Lord, open his eyes so that he, could, he may see. The Lord opened the eyes of the servant, and he was able to see, look and see the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. Like Paul confessed, as our eyes opened and saw what God prepared for us, we realized we need nothing but Jesus. After Paul met Jesus Christ on the way to Damascus, he was made to consider everything unless, uh, unless and burdensome. And as a result, he regarded them as garbage and excretion. He did not need the enjoyment, comfort, pride, boosting anymore. He was made to have pride in only the cross. His physical vision became blurry, but his spiritual eyes were opened on the way to Damascus. Interestingly, there is another, another scene. I, I'll, I'll try to focus on, um, on the scene. I'm trying to say right now. Interestingly, there is another scene. The Bible, almost with the almost same, same uh, contents with uh, as the uh, the main our our main our our uh, Bible text today. The sight that there is uh, a sign above Jesus' head. It says written. Jesus, the King of Jews. And there are two people on Jesus' left and right. More surprisingly, there is the mother of James and John standing and watching the cross. Where is it? Where is it? The scene of the cross, right? You know, it says, the Matthew chapter 27, it says, Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jew. They're talking about the kingdom, right? And two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. What an amazing knowledge it is. It reminds me about the request the, the mother of Zebedee's sons. And it continued to say, May, many women, women were there watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his need. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and John, Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's son. The mother of Zebedee's son was watching the cross and the two young people, two young men hanging by Jesus Christ his, on his left, on his right. And, uh, and she saw the sign saying, 
Jesus, the King of Jews. Exactly same thing is repeated on the cross. What do you think? What was she thinking about watching Jesus on the cross and the two young men hanging by his right and left? Why don't you put, let us put, put ourselves on her shoes. Wow, that was a close call. I made a significantly wrong prayer without knowing what would happen. Or, or do you think her eyes were finally opened and, and, and regretfully said, oh, it had to be my sons hanging by his right and left with Jesus Christ. Which one do you think? she thought at the moment. Which one do you think at this moment thinking about yourself and your children? Jesus became the king as they wish it, but the, 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 the throne, the crown, the throne of the kingship was cross. What is your prayer for your children today? What do you want Jesus to do for your children? Well, Lord, I'm willing to take this, the cross with you, but I have my children. I cannot bear to ask them to go that way with me. Is this your honest prayer today? Or are you willing to take the cross together with your children. Can you pray for your children to take up the right and the left of the cross with Jesus Christ? What will be our answer when Jesus asks us, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for your children? I hope, I pray that your answer is like, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Why don't you sing a song of prayer with me? Open our eyes, Lord. Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus. To reach out and touch him and say that we love him. Open our ears, Lord, and help us to listen. Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord, we confess we did not know we were blind. 
we confess. At that time, there were so many needs besides Jesus. We confess that we are still blind because it's not all of us. When you ask us, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for your children? May our answer be, we want to see you, Jesus. We look forward to sitting on the throne of cross on the left and the right with Jesus. Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus. Amen. I'd like to invite Christ Tim to lead out the celebration song. <laughs>